Welcome to the All-American Chapel Protestant Service Podcast. This week's sermon will be given by Chaplain Eddie Cook. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the gift of the resurrection. It's what gives us the confidence to bow our heads and to raise our requests to you. And so this morning on Palm Sunday is... We are anticipating what you are doing, what you did on our behalf. God, we, we have real requests this morning. For Tyler, for his surgery that is coming up tomorrow. For Brother John, for his foot that he has been dealing with, God, and, and struggling with. God, we pray for your intervention. That you would intervene in a way that only you can, and God in a way that brings only you glory. And so we pray for Tyler, that his surgery would go well. God, that you would use the hands of the doctor, that you would encourage his parents, that you would encourage him to know that you are with them. And God, for Brother John who has been walking with you for his most of his life, Father, we pray that he would be comforted, that his wife would be comforted in this time of suffering as he is dealing with an ongoing foot issue. And Father, today as we gather as a body and celebrate you, God, we hope to celebrate you in a way that honors you. We hope to celebrate you in a way that shows others the resurrected Savior, the hope of our salvation. And in so doing, God, now we pray in the way that you have taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want you to picture in your mind 2,000 years ago in Israel, right outside of Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. Jerusalem is on one hill on Mount Zion in the temple and the Mount of Olives. And down below is the Kidron Valley in this valley that splits the two. To this day, there are graves on it because the scriptures and the Bible, even in the Quran, say that the Messiah is going to come back. The Messiah is going to come. And he's going to come down at the Mount of Olives and he's going to go up and go in the eastern gate of the temple. So there are graves on the, on the side of the mountain because people bury they're dead there because they want to be resurrected when the Messiah comes. And this is something so, so empowering, something so fulfilling, the Messiah coming. Now picture yourself living in the area and you hear, hear a lot of noise and you come out and you see people running to this path that's on the Mount of Olives along the ridge line, and this path goes along the ridge line down the Kidron Valley and into Jerusalem. 
and you run up and you see you see throngs of people and you press your way through and they're yelling and they're ripping branches out of trees what in the world's going on and you ask what is happening here you look down the way and you see you see some people coming up well they don't look like they're super important they're just dressed in normal clothes kind of raggy and there's a man coming up on a donkey but why are there so many people coming around what are they saying well this is who is he and the people tell you well he's Jesus from Nazareth the prophet from Galilee okay now why are they ripping all these branches down and what are they yelling well they're saying Hosanna Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest so you, you rip a branch down too. Everybody, ha you've got your palm branches and you, you carry into the procession here. You carry into the procession. You want to try it? Laura, can you put our words up there? So picture yourself 2,000 years ago seeing Jesus coming in on the donkey and you're excited. You rip the branch down and the call and response... I say the first and you say the second. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. We're going to do that a few more times this morning. All right, so today is Palm Sunday. The triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. We're almost at Easter. This is the beginning of Holy Week. We have several key events through the week from Palm Sunday then Jesus coming into Jerusalem for one last opportunity for Israel to repent to accept Christ as God turn to him for Jesus and the disciples to celebrate Passover on the Thursday of the week where we have our communion our first Lord's Supper the crucifixion on Friday and then the resurrection of our Lord and Savior on Sunday. That's Holy Week. Now this is a time that some people that come from a liturgical background recognize as Lent and Lent leading up and ending with Easter. During Lent many people have a tradition to give something up, to fast from food. And when we have those hunger pains it reminds us of the suffering that Christ did for us as well as the time that we would have spent eating, we spent on praying. And that's a tradition. It's not prescribed in Scripture, nor is the term Lent, but it's a framework that we can lift up Jesus Christ. And traditions are okay as long as we keep Jesus Christ center and that the tradition doesn't become overshadowing for the Lord. But Israel too, Israel was going through pains. Israel was going through pains of needing their Messiah, needing the coming of their Lord to save them. The fullness of time was near, and most of them did not even realize it. We can say that now, too. The fullness of time is at hand. And how many today realize it? Salvation was coming to town. Salvation was coming to Jerusalem. But many there on that first Palm Sunday didn't get who Jesus was. How many today don't get it? They missed him. They missed who Jesus was because Jesus didn't meet their expectations. 
How many of us today miss Jesus because he doesn't meet our expectations? We can learn from the triumphal entry of Jesus so that we don't miss God. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem teaches us that God will fulfill his word. The triumphal entry will teach us that God often does things in ways that we do not understand. Things that just don't make sense to us. And Jesus' triumphal entry will teach us that we must answer in our own hearts who Jesus is. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen and amen. Well, first, let's look at Jesus' triumphal entry as it teaches us that God's word will be fulfilled. This is God's word, the Bible. God's given it to us, and every word is true. We say three, three words here, inspired, infallible, and inerrant. Let's break that down. God's word is inspired, written by the finger of God to those to whom he gave it to and for us to have. It's inerrant. Error is to make a mistake. It's inerrant. There are no errors. It is true and infallible. It's not going to fall. It's completely trustworthy. We can't pick and choose. This is God's word. If we tried to pick and choose, how would you know what was to believe and what not? His word is true, and it will be fulfilled. Zechariah 9.9, prophet Zechariah tells us how Jesus is going to come into Jerusalem. I'll put my spectacles on for you here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's the only way Jesus could come. Couldn't come on a horse. He couldn't walk. He had to come during the last week of his life on a donkey. And he did. Now, we see how, he, how the donkey was achieved. Jesus told his disciples to go into Bethpage and you'll find a donkey and its colt tied there. Go and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you, what are you doing? Just tell them that my Lord has need of it. So that's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? So, you know, I need to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken after church. There's a car in the parking lot down by the PX. Go find the one with the keys in it and if anybody asks you what you're doing, just tell them your chaplain needs it. See how that works for you. So the disciples go and do what he says, and they're stopped. What are you doing with my donkey and colt? My Lord has need of them. And it was stressed by the Spirit of God. It takes them. It was prophesied, and that is the way that it happened. The great multitude of people receiving the Lord coming in. So, how many of you like to fill out automated forms? So, let me see. I know some of you probably do. Automated forms. Well, no, I don't. I grew up with a typewriter and carbon paper. Who here used carbon paper? Okay. Who here doesn't know what carbon paper is? All right. So, well, We'll explain what carbon paper is after service, but 
these automated forms, you've got to fill them out, and they're mandatory fills in them, meaning as you're filling it out on the computer, if you don't fill out everything, you can't go to the next page. And if you try to click the button to get to the next page, it tells you you've not filled everything out. Everything's not done here. And you've got to go and figure out, well, what didn't I do? And it's, it's a mess. So, but it's got to be accomplished. Everything on that mandatory fill form has to be done in order to get to the next page. And God's word is the same. God's prophecy is the same. Everything must be accomplished in order to progress to the next stage in God's progressive revelation. Every word. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 18, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until it is fulfilled. Now a jot was a Hebrew letter for yod, and a tittle was the smallest of pen strokes. And Jesus is saying, not of the smallest pieces of my word, of God's word, will pass away without being accomplished, as he said it would be. We can take confidence that everything that God says will happen. This is the beginning of Holy Week, and there's many, many events in Holy Week that were prophesied that had to happen. It had to happen for us to be saved. It had to happen for us to have the opportunity for eternal life. We begin with Palm Sunday. We saw in Zechariah 9.9 how Jesus must enter triumphantly on the lowly donkey. We see through the week how Jesus taught, how Jesus cleansed the temple, turned over the money changers' tables, said, you've made the temple of God, my Father's house, a den of thieves. The parables, him bantering with the scribes and Pharisees, and how Jesus lamented over Jerusalem. How gladly would Christ have gathered Israel together as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but they would not come. The tears over Jerusalem and Israel. Leading up to the Passover, the last Passover that Jesus and the disciples would share together on the Thursday of the week. Some call it Holy Thursday or Monday Thursday. And then the Garden of Gethsemane leading to Friday, Good Friday. Good because of God's grace. The crucifixion. Jesus died for my sin, for your sins on the cross and in the grave. And to Easter, resurrection morning, that we're so near to. But we can't gloss over Good Friday to get to Easter Sunday. And praise God for that, for that is where we have our forgiveness. Each of these events were prophesied. Each of these had to happen in order for God's word to be fulfilled. Jesus came, he died, he was resurrected, and he will come again. That we can take confidence we can take confidence in this. Every jot and every tittle of the law, of his word, of the prophecy will come true. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. The second lesson that we can learn from the triumphal entry of Jesus, so that we don't miss God, 
is that God often does things in ways that do not make sense to us. Who here has everything figured out? Let me know. I want, I want to meet you and talk with you. Who wishes you had everything figured out? Anybody? Huh? Well, it doesn't work that way. Because if it did, where would our faith be? Where would our trust in God be? God wants us to have faith and trust in him. Here we have Israel who knew how they wanted their Messiah to be. They knew when God sends the Messiah, he's going to come as a conquering king. And he's going to tear down the nemesis of the day, which was the Romans, and set up, restore the kingdom of Israel. Israel knew that. So a kingly procession. Think back to ancient Near East thousands of years ago. What would that look like? Well, we would expect to see soldiers with spears and swords and shields protecting the entourage in the front, along the sides, at the rear. We would expect to see the king probably lifted up on a platform, being carried on a covered platform maybe, or perhaps he'd be on a white horse showing his power. Probably there would be in the entourage, his advisors, his sages, and you would know a statement was being made. Now how did Jesus, king of Israel, come in? Well, he was on a donkey, in plain clothes, without swords and shields, but with people with palms, laying them down beneath the feet of the donkey, because he was the prophet from Galilee, a holy man, the donkey's feet shouldn't touch the ground. People taking off their coats and putting it down. Those wise men wearing tattered tunics, probably. Not a grand procession like one would expect. Could this be the coming king? Could this be the Messiah? Most people didn't recognize him beyond Jesus from Nazareth, the carpenter, the prophet who was from Galilee. Especially once he got into town, a humble preacher, except for the moment of turning over the money changers in the temple, a meek and holy man, teaching truth, but stirring up ruckus. How could he be the coming king? Where was the victory over the Romans? Israel was looking for a worldly warrior to be king. But the war that Jesus won was spiritual. Now let me ask you, how often, how often do you miss God because of expectations that are not being met? How often do we miss God because our expectations are not being met? Wow. Well, we know how it's supposed to go. God, you're going to do it this way, my way, when I want it and how I want it. Because that's just the way you work, right? No, wrong. God often does things in ways that do not make sense to us. In ways that sometimes just don't make any sense. Why, God? How? Where is my faith? Where is my trust? 
Who here uses, has ever used one of those headlamps in the dark, maybe camping or somewhere? Those are pretty good sometimes, and it helps you see, helps you see right in front of you. Maybe you could see a little further down, but if you're on a trail, you, you can't see the end. Well, God's Word is like a headlamp to us, and Scripture says His Word is like a lamp to our feet, and sometimes there's only enough light to see that very next step. Where am I going to live next? Where am I going to go next? Any aspect of your life that you're wondering about. Which direction? How many paths are there? There's a big decision out there. What am I going to do? Well, God says that if we stay in his word, the word, the light, the lamp is going to help us make that next step. And stay in his word, we're going to make the next step. And continuing on, by the time we get up to where we thought that huge decision was going to be, we've stayed on his path and it's not a decision at all because there's only one way. And we're there. And then as we turn around and look, think about a tapestry. As it's being made, it's hard to tell what it is. And it's the tapestry of our life. We can't see right now the details. But one day when we turn around, the tapestry is a beautiful, a beautiful picture. So many things that could be on our mind. Well, God, it's got to be this way. I'm expecting this. That just wasn't so. And at the moment, it could be, wow, what is happening? But soon, it's going to be a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture of God's grace. I encourage you to press through whatever that is for you today. Are we looking for a conquering king to make everything just the way we want that picture to be? Or are we looking for a conquering king who's going to be our light to our feet that we're going to be able to follow into victory? So as you see, church, the same crowd that was yelling, Hosanna, to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, was the same group five days later that was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Let not that be us. Let not that be us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Amen and amen. And the third lesson that we can learn from Jesus' triumphal entry so that we do not miss God, is that we must answer in our own hearts who Jesus is. After Jesus entered Jerusalem, the city was moved by his entrance. What's going to happen now? Is he who he says he is? Is he going to throw the Romans down and set up the kingdom of God, restore Israel? Who is he? A prophet? priest, a king, God. In Luke 19, we see the Pharisees as Jesus is coming in telling Jesus, make your disciples be quiet. Is this any way for a prophet to act? And Jesus said, if they keep silent, even the rocks themselves will cry out. And what were they saying? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, deliver us. Hosanna in the highest. 
in Luke 19, we see Luke writing, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of Adonai. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Each person there had to answer in their heart who the man on the donkey was. And today, each of us have to answer in our hearts who Jesus is. When Jesus asked Peter at Caesarea Philippi, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who do you say Jesus is? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt in your heart that Jesus is God, who died for your sins, who rose from the dead, that we may both be forgiven and have eternal life with God? If you don't, then Scripture says you're not saved. So I ask you today, I beseech you today, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is God, who died for your sins and rose from the dead. Romans 10 tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And we can live with this certainty. We can know that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. And we can confess Jesus as our Lord today. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So all Americans, let us cry this out. Let us cry this out so the rocks don't have to. But either way, he will be proclaimed. Jesus of Nazareth. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Palm Sunday is a special time. It's a special time to learn of Jesus' triumphal entry and what it teaches us how we will not miss God. Jesus' triumphal entry teaches us that every word of God will be fulfilled. Jesus' triumphal entry teaches us that God oftentimes works in ways that just don't make sense. And it teaches us that we must answer in our own hearts who Jesus is. You know, as I was standing on the Mount of Olives that day, and I forgot if I told you, I was a missionary in Israel at the time. As I was standing there, I was teaching at a, a Christian school. I meant to tell you earlier, but I might have gotten excited. I was uh, teaching at a school, the Jerusalem School. It was near Ramallah in the West Bank, and it was Arab kids, Muslim kids that attended the school, a Bible school for an American education, and to be able to learn to speak English without an accent. Bible classes were mandatory. It was truly a special time. So we heard that there was going to be that parade on Palm Sunday on the Mount of Olives. And so I said, well, I'm going to go. It's going to be pretty neat. So I was curious, and I went. And there were a lot of paradings going on. There were the Palestinian Boy Scouts. There was the Israeli Boy Scouts, the 4-H Club, and all the other groups that would walk through. And it took a long time for the man on the donkey to get there, a couple hours. And then didn't meet my expectations because I had in my mind what that looked like. And I asked you earlier today, put yourself there. What would it look like? It was, it, there was a lot of, I, I, 
icons associated with um, the man on the horse, and, um, and it, it just looked different than what I would envisioned it to be. We all have expectations that aren't quite met. And then as I looked left and I looked right, I thought, how many people here are to see a parade? I came out, I was curious, I wanted to see the Palm Sunday Parade. Now, you know, i got to ask, how many people are here to see a parade? And not just here at All-American, how many people are in church to see a parade as opposed to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Now, next week, we have asked everybody to take these cards and to invite your friends, invite your friends who are not saved to come. Because I guarantee you next week, they're not going to see a parade. They're going to see the Lord and Savior, the resurrected Lord and Savior, lifted high. Brother Andy's going to preach the word, aren't you? Yes, sir. He's not going to give you a parade. And I tell you, before that, at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 or 7.30, 0700 Main Post Parade Field, Brother Tim's going to be preaching the sunrise service. And you're not going to give him a parade, are you? You're going to preach Jesus, high and lifted up, resurrected. This is an opportunity to invite our lost friends to hear Jesus so that they may be saved and that we may worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our spiritual journey through Lent comes to a fulfillment this week. It's fulfilled in the crucifixion of Jesus where we have our forgiveness by his shed blood that should have been me and us on the cross. But God's love is so great it didn't end with just forgiveness. God the Father raised God the Son from the dead so that we too may be raised with the blessed hope of eternal life with our God. So let us be encouraged and know with complete confidence that God's word, every word, is true. Let us be reminded that God works in some strange ways that don't make sense to us. But one day we'll turn around and see the tapestry of our life and of his redemption. And it's beautiful. And let us be reminded that we must answer in our own heart who God is, who Jesus Christ is. If we don't cry him out as Lord and Savior, the rocks themselves will. So one more time, chapel, I ask, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. That was this week's All-American Chapel Protestant Service podcast. Please tune in for next week's podcast.